Hello, everyone. Welcome to our God's Word for today, devotional. And let me read to us our text today in Romans chapter 1, verses 13 to 15. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that I have often intended to come to you, but thus far have been prevented, in order that I may reap some harvest among you, as well as among the rest of the Gentiles. I am under obligation, both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. So I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. One of the reasons why he was so eager to visit Rome is that he will be able to have some harvest among them and even not only to them, but to the other groups of people in Rome. What does this mean? Now we will learn that by and by, undoubtedly. As we have learned yesterday, Paul was so desirous to visit the Christians at Rome. But as he expressed here, he was prevented up to this point. Why is he that he was prevented? I think we have some questions sometimes that when we desire to do something or go somewhere else and then we are hindered, we are not able to just pursue our desires. Let's just remember that not all our desires we can do because God has his own ways and God has his own thoughts. His plans are not our plans and his ways are not our ways. So these preventions, I believe, are coming from God. And the God is sovereign who exercises um, either his direct or permissive will to keep Paul and ourselves from doing anything apart from his will. So Paul was just praying that God will give him that opportunity and time to go to Rome. And uh, sometimes our enemy, Satan, will hinder us to do and fulfill what we desire because he does not want that the work of God will continue. And God allowed it. But we know that God is always sovereign and his timing is always right. There is no such thing as incidental or accidental in your life and in my life. But we know that God is in control. As Isaiah 46 verse 10 says, he knows the end from the beginning. So his desire was to go there, not only to see them and have a wonderful fellowship with these wonderful Christians, but for him to have a reap of a harvest among them and to others. So this is a figure of speech that he used to describe about leading people to know Christ. That there will be more people who be, will believe and put their faith in Christ in order to be forgiven of their sins and be ushered into the family of God as much as possible. That's what compelled Paul really to go to Rome in order to proclaim the gospel. He referred them as a harvest. Did not Jesus assure us that the harvest is plenteous in Matthew chapter 9 when he saw the multitude? that they were like sheep having no shepherd, he said, Indeed, the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore that the Lord will send forth laborers into his harvest field. So how do we look unto the world today? As you go to office today, you take buses, and especially the MRTs when it's crowded, how do you look at people? Do you look at them as nuisance? 
Or do we look at them as harvest? Do we look at them that God loves them? Now, personally, there are times that we are so annoyed because so many people, you know, they are just competing each other, you know, rubbing shoulders with each other who can find the first seat in the MRT. But let me that we'll go beyond seeing them as people only going to work in the morning, congested, packed, jump back in our MRTs, but they are people and they have to know Christ. And we could wish for a prayer that, Lord, let it be that someday, somehow, these people whom I don't know them, I don't know their names, I don't know their backgrounds, but they are precious to you. You know them, that they will have a chance to hear and believe the gospel. The apostle also recognizes that proclaiming the gospel is not only a privilege. Yes, it was a privilege for him to think that I will go there because I know that there will be a harvest. But he, he said in verse 14, I am under obligation. It's not only a privilege, but an obligation also. So this balance should be taken into consideration in order that we will not swing into the other extremes of pride and performance in our Christian lives. Focusing on our privilege alone should make us humble. If we focus on how God saved us, how God placed us into a status where we belong to him, it should humble us. When the Lord Jesus Christ said in John 15, verse 16, you do not choose me, but I have chosen you that you should go and bear much fruit and that your fruit will abide. That's a humbling statement. It's not you and I who chose the Lord Jesus Christ, but he's the one who chose us. Yes, we believe him because we first encounter that there is a God who loves us through the message of the gospel. So that's why we say we love him because he first loved us. We only have the chance to believe, to respond in belief, because we have also the privilege to hear the gospel ourselves. How can we believe if there was no gospel that was presented to us? And how can the gospel be presented if there is no preacher? That's why Paul said Romans in Romans 10 verse 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So thankfully, we hear the gospel and we believe on the gospel and we are saved wonderfully. It should make us humble. So you and I are privileged people. And focusing also about our obligation to the gospel should make us compassionate to the world around us. It should develop in us the passion for soul. As Paul also testified in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14, that the love of Christ compelled him. It's like a burning desire in his heart because he saw them, you know, as, as souls to face God someday, knowing the terror of the Lord we persuade men. That's what he said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. You know, this souls of men and women, they will enter into a Christless eternity forever without 
hope at all if they don't hear the gospel and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. So as I close in this devotional, let us reflect ourselves whether we have this desire in our hearts. Do we desire really to seek and serve the least and the lost? That just like Paul, I desire to go to you at Rome because I want to see a harvest. I want to, to see this wonderful work of God in saving men and women, not only in you, but even to the, to the others. And I pray that we will have that kind of compassion. Such condition in the heart of Paul has brought eagerness in his life to go to Rome. May we develop such outlook, such compassion and attitude as well. May God cultivate in us this love. And this love cannot be engineered, cannot be manipulated, unless the, the Holy Spirit will prompt that love in our hearts, that we will be able to say with Paul in Romans chapter 5, verse 5, the love of Christ is shed abroad in our, in our hearts through the Spirit. Let us pray. Father, we thank you that this morning, uh, as we see the desire of Paul, that he was really eager to go to the city of Rome in order, Lord, to, to reap more harvest. Lord, um, we know that it's only you who can touch hearts of people. Salvation belongs to you. Lord, we have loved ones. We have friends and colleagues. We desire them to come to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. We desire for them to hear the gospel and be saved wonderfully. Lord, we pray that you'll give us more opportunities that you will open in order for us to share the gospel so that they will be wonderfully saved as well. Thank you that your, your that the gospel is, is um, the power unto salvation. Thank you, Lord, that we can be an instrument that others will hear the gospel and be saved wonderfully. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Mm -hmm.